Take a deep breath, take the higher road That's what they always say, as if they know the way They won't take it from me But don't ever doubt yourself, it's life ain't just a dream You make your own, so kick and scream The people will like with a never-ending force You never had the chance, so what you waiting for? The day has come, my friend, cause this is war this past week millions and millions of people i don't know if it's a global thing but um surely in america millions of people have went out and saw the sound of freedom from what i've heard this movie has been trying to come into theaters for the last five years and you know this is all um like word of mouth, but um, I heard that there was a studio that bought this movie a couple of years ago and then shelved it and they had to go to court to get um, the rights to it again. And finally it was released in theaters and it has really caused a stir. Um, a lot of people are talking about it. I think for many of us over the last few years, our eyes have been woken to the evil uh, and corruption. COVID did that, right? The Not necessarily COVID, the lockdowns did that. And it made a lot of us start to question the government. Well, I have on today a very special guest, Tara Rodas, who I met uh, with one of the Project Veritas events. Her and I both exposed our story with the Project Veritas with James O'Keefe at the helm. And, um, and I'm just going to read her summary. Um, she sent me a two page fact sheet that has a plethora of information here and links that you can go to. I'm going to put that in the show notes in case any of you are interested in digging further into this, but let me just read to you basically her summary so you understand who you're talking to, what she's done, and what she continues to do, and how we can get involved as just ordinary citizens moving forward to the evils that are plaguing God's children. As the movie line states, God's children are not for sale. And I echo that loudly. Her summary. Smugglers and child traffickers are recruiting, harboring, and transporting children to the United States using force, fraud, and coercion for the purpose of involuntary servitude, debt bondage, slavery, commercial sex, and possible forced organ harvesting. By exploiting flawed policies and deficiencies in the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, HHS, Administration for Children and Families, ACF, Office of Refugee Resettlement, ORR, Unaccompanied Children, UC Program. A sophisticated network of smugglers and traffickers are using the U.S. government as part of the logistical chain of their child trafficking operation. Although the causes of the recent surge of unaccompanied children, UCs, 
is debated, all stakeholders agree one reason migrant children might make the perilous journey to the United States is they are brought, quote unquote, into the United States by human trafficking rings. In June of 2021, I, Tara Lee Rodas, started reporting incidents of smuggling and suspected child trafficking through HHS chain of command while I was serving as the deputy of federal case management team as a volunteer federal detailee at the Pomona Fairplex Emergency Intake Site, EIS, in Pomona, California. Between September 5th, 2021 and September 13th, I made four protected disclosures. Two protected disclosures to the Office of the Inspector General, OIG, for the U.S. Department of Justice, DOJ, and two protected disclosures to the Office of Inspector General, OIG, for the United States Department of Health and Human Services, HHS. I disclosed that smugglers and child traffickers, to include a sponsor with confirmed transnational criminal organization, TCO, affiliation, and the Mara Salvatrucha MS-13 Hollywood Click were exploiting the HHS UC program and putting vulnerable children at risk. HHS learned I made protected disclosures and swiftly retaliated against me. On September 15, 2021, I was taken to the CTS TCO MS-13 case. To, I'm sorry, taken off the TCO MS-13 case. On September 16th, I was directed in writing to stop giving detailed case information to law enforcement to include HHS OIG, Homeland Security Investigations and Immigrations and Custom Enforcement. ICE. Then on September 21st, 2021, I was falsely accused of violating the code of conduct as a cover for action. I was directed to collect my personal items from my workspace, threatened with an investigation, escorted off the EIS by security and HHS federal field specialist, and my badge was taken. To protect me from further retaliation, my agency recalled me to D.C., for my personal safety, my agency offered to send agents to escort me home. I declined the escort and was escorted by my husband. I have been a federal employee for more than 20 years, and I have served the inspector general community for 17 years. I'm keenly aware there is fraud, waste, and abuse in government programs. However, I was not prepared for the fraud, waste, and abuse I witnessed while serving at the Pomona Fair Pack. Fairplex Emergency Intake Site in Pomona, California, where I volunteered to help place unaccompanied children with sponsors in the United States. I saw firsthand how lack of transparency, lack of oversight, flawed policies, and deficiency in HHS UC program resulted in children being placed with suspicious sponsors and suspected trafficking rings throughout the United States. HHS is delivering vulnerable children into the hands of unsafe sponsors who are exploiting them. As an IG professional, witnessing this type of flagrant fraud in a federal program is astonishing. Knowing that, that children have been, are being, and will continue to be trafficked through the HHS, ACF, OOR, ORR, 
UC program has compelled me to come forward in hopes that one, children can be rescued, bad actors can be prosecuted, and the UC program can be abolished or reformed. Welcome, Tara. Thank you so much for all that you've done. And thank you for being here talking to the Nurses Out Loud listeners. Wow. Well, Jody, thank you so much for having me to really shine this light on government-sponsored, taxpayer-funded child trafficking. But I also want to thank you for standing up yourself to the evildoers at HHS. So thank you from one HHS whistleblower to another. I think you're awesome. And to all of the people who are standing up for truth, even though it can be costly, to to speak the truth is the only thing that's that's going to set us free. So thank you, Jody. Yes, girl. Thank you so much. I, you know, I can't wait to dive deeper into this. Uh, you know, for those that have not seen the movie, The Sound of Freedom, I encourage you all to go see it. I know that there's, you know, um, thousands of people that have donated free tickets. Um, Tara, do they go to the Angel Studios or The Sound of Freedom? Do you know how they get that? Yeah, to get the free tickets, you can go to Angel Studios. Yep, you can just go to Angel Studios and you can request a free ticket. People have paid it forward. If there is somebody out there who needs to, well, everyone should see the movie so they can be aware. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you need are in need of resources, please go claim your free ticket because many people have paid it forward so that you can see the movie. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, right. <laughs> Tara and I are both HHS whistleblowers and we understand the corruption that has taken place. You know, I, I think you guys, if you were confused or trying to follow along reading that summary because of all the three letter agencies that I had to uh, list out, I think there within really lies a huge problem with our government and the way it's ran. It's like all these all these three letter alphabet soup uh, agencies. Nobody nobody talks to one another. You know, it's it, it's just so disjointed. Would you would you agree with that, Tara? Well, definitely. And when you think about that, HHS before Congress is saying, well, ultimately, they don't have control over where the children are going. And then DHS, which is Department of Homeland Security, they're saying they don't have control so you have Secretary Bercera over HHS and you have Secretary Mayorkas over DHS, both saying we're not responsible. Well, who is responsible? Mm -hmm. So it just doesn't make sense. We have too many, too, like you said, too many three-letter agencies in what should be a very transparent process for where we, as the U.S. government, take children, migrant indigenous children from the border, it should be transparent where we send them, not like midnight flights and, you know, their news camera stations all over the country trying to get to airports to take pictures of flights that are coming in at two and three in the morning trying to figure out what's happening. They should have said in the beginning, we're, we're sending these indigenous migrant children, vulnerable children to sponsors throughout the country. They should have been open about that. And then they should be clear on who the sponsor is. And this is why we have a problem. They're trying to hide it all. 
And as of today, the U.S. government has taken hundreds of thousands. Okay, we're talking more than 300,000 children from people at the border. We've taken these children into care. We have delivered them over 300,000 children all throughout the United States. And they said 85,000 children are missing. So 85,000 children are missing. How is that possible in a multi-billion dollar program? So there's too much bureaucracy for sure. There is. So, you know, talk to our listeners, you know, as if, you know, really that, you know, let's take it back super basic. What is the process of them coming over? How are they getting lost? Like, where did you start noticing your protected disclosures? What were they? T- tell us all the pr- the process as if we just showed up on the border and we're, we're there on day one of work. Okay. So um, what happens is, is that a child comes to the border and what's called unaccompanied, meaning they're not with any person over the age of 18. And so they turn themselves in to Customs and Border Protection. And when they do that, there's a law that says Customs and Border Protection needs to take down all their information and any potential sponsor that they have. So what's happening is people are bringing the children, they're They're leaving. Most of our children were coming from Guatemala, but they're coming from all over Central and South America and coming to the border. And they're coming with names and numbers of people. But sometimes the people whose names and numbers they have, they have no idea who these people are. They've never met them before and they're not related to them. So The government at that point, Health and Human Services, takes the child into care. So I was at the Pomona Fairplex emergency intake site. So a child would come into our site. They would go through a medical check process. One thing a lot of people don't know is that by the time the children get to us, the horrific things that have happened to them, it's unspeakable. Trauma and terror that these children have been through, raped, abused, held hostage, papers taken. I mean, the sometimes they're, they're just stolen and they're turned in. And then HHS is sending them to an unknown person. So what happens is when they... When we get the name of this supposed sponsor who's supposed to, see, I thought it was family reunification. That's what they say the program is. I thought I was helping reunite children with their families. Oh, Lord. That's that's why, you know, when the Biden administration at the beginning of 2021 requested volunteers from every agency because they needed vetted personnel to work around the children, they wanted to make sure It was people they could trust. People had to apply for the position. And when I got accepted for the job and when I read the job, it was place children, right? Family reunification. (laughs) That's actually the application that the sponsor has to fill out. It's called an FRA, a family reunification application. So I thought all the kids went to family members. And what I didn't understand is that we're just simply calling the number that the child has given to us. 
and the requirement to be a sponsor is practically none. You don't have to be a citizen. You don't have to be a permanent resident. You don't have to be here legally. Yes, you do not have to be here legally on a visa. So over 90% of the sponsors have no legal presence, meaning they're illegal in the country. And we're literally sending people, we're sending the children to people who are here illegally. And the children need someone who knows what's happening in order to take them to their court hearings, in order to enroll them in school. And we're just sending them to anybody. And then there's no responsibility on the part of the sponsor at all. So so when you say that uh, that the sponsors that the um, that there are 85,000 children out of 300,000 that are missing, you mean because these sponsors, you know, all they have to do is fill out a piece of paper, provide a phone number Well, they could change that phone number. They could change their address. There's nothing legally holding them responsible to following up with HHS so that we can check on the children. Exactly. There is no legal responsibility. And that is absolutely mind boggling because it, it doesn't, honestly, if I had not seen it with my own eyes, I couldn't even believe it. Mm-hmm. Because if there was an American child lost in Phoenix, Arizona, right, a law enforcement officer came across a lost child who's seven years old, they're going to take that child into care and they're not going to just randomly give that child to any person who comes up and says, hey, I'm the aunt or the uncle. They're probably going to do DNA testing. They are going to want, you know, they're going to want to look through every security check possible. Like, how did the child get lost? Is it possible we need to get, um, you know, other law enforcement involved? What's what nefarious thing is going on here? But we're not just going to release a child to any person. That's not going to happen. And definitely we're not going to let somebody who is here illegally, who's committed crimes in their own country to 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 take the child. And yet that's exactly what this program is doing. I mean, it. I was at, you know, for a July 4th celebration outside uh, this week. And, you know, there was a child that was missing. And the, the um, entertainer says, there's uh, a child that is mi- missing from his parents. He's at the, the front location. Um, it's a young child. Come up there. And then I heard somebody say, well, why don't they just say his name? And they're like, because anybody could come and take him. Exactly. You know, and it's like, even we know that on a basic level. And and so now for Americans to know that these children, these open border policies are really just allowing the sex trafficking to to occur. Yes. Yeah. We are the middleman. So, and this is a terrible revelation because I did not know that the U.S. government, that one taxpayer dollar went to child trafficking. I also did not understand that our federal government knows children have been trafficked through this program. So this goes all the way back to 2014, 2013. They have evidence of, and if Jody's kind enough to share in, in the notes, my two-page fact sheet, I've got about 25 links on there mm-hmm. going back to the Washington Post in 2014, going back to Senate hearings in 2016 regarding 
a group of teens who were trafficked in horrible conditions on an egg farm in Marion, Ohio. And it made the news. It also, Senator Rob Portman uh, gave congressional hearings on this. They looked into how did this happen? And they noted that there were all these deficiencies in the program then. And so the fact that it's been going on for all these years, it's just absolutely not even believable. And had I had not seen it with my own eyes, I don't think I could believe it. And so that's why the movie, The Sound of Freedom, is so important because it helps you to see exactly how two children were stolen from their father under false pretext and how those children became trafficked and how one was trafficked across the border, but came through a port of entry. That's why borders are so important because we can save the kids if they have to come through the port of entry, how they were able to rescue the little boy who was only seven when he was started being sex trafficked, seven years old, Mm -hmm. a little child. And this is a true story, but it's a story of hope because there are people out there who are combating this kind of evil, but this is, um, the movie is very important because it shows exactly how it happens. And yeah. And they just show like, w- they show one way essentially, or a few ways of how it can happen. Um, mm-hmm. But like you, you were there in, in just a very short amount of time, you made several protected disclosures. Tara, mm-hmm. how is it that the people that are working next to you and have been, haven't come forward with this information as well. What What's your yeah. thoughts on that? Yes. Well, so Jody, in the beginning, in June, because I started reporting the first cases of suspected trafficking. So this is before I knew that they were really trafficking children through the program. In June, after being on the, you know, working in case management less than three weeks, it was obvious to me something was wrong. Because the kids are in crisis. The case managers are are in crisis. They're like, Tara, what the child is telling me and what this sponsor is telling me doesn't match. I don't think they know each other. And I'm like, what do you mean they don't know each other? Because I thought it was all family reunification. And it, it only took a little bit amount of time to see kids in total crisis. I mean, I've seen kids have panic attacks. I've heard children screaming for their mom. I'll never, I will never be the same after what I saw. And I'm trying to make sense, like what's happening here? And as we started digging into that very first case of a brother and a sister on our site, which is interesting that it was a brother and a sister, uh, we discovered that indeed the person who was sponsoring them was actually not related to them, but was a household member with someone who had sponsored at six other addresses. And so that we could never figure out, like, where are the kids actually going? So we ended up being able to put the little boy in long-term care. His sister, unfortunately, turned 18. And at that point, once they turn 18, they are kind of kicked out of the program. They're no longer unaccompanied children. And to our knowledge, as of today... Uh, she ended up going to this place where we know that they were, they had sponsored more than 18 children at six different addresses. 
So clearly that can't be family reunification. It just doesn't make sense. So then after that case, we we found a case in Austin, Texas, and the sponsor, so this is the person who's going to take the children in, owned a coffee farm in Guatemala. And he was paying boys to work on his coffee farm. And he was paying them $2.50 a day. Okay, $2.50 a day. In America. No, they're working on his coffee farm in Guatemala. So this is a Guatemalan citizen Mm -hmm. who owns a coffee farm in Guatemala. He's got boys working on his coffee farm. He's paying them $2.50 a day. And he then says, if you come to the United States, I'll pay you $6 an hour. Now, these children believe they're going to be Bill Gates rich, Mm -hmm. right? So trafficking is force, fraud, or coercion, right? So you're telling a story like these children thought they were going to come here, go to school, learn English, live the American dream. I mean, $6 an hour from $2.50 a day. They really believe they're going to be Elon Musk rich. They think they're going to take care of their families. It's a total fraud. But they all knew they had to stay with the sponsor until the debt for the journey was paid. So this is called debt bondage, where... The children know, and they they told us. So this gentleman in Guatemala, um, or who's from Guatemala, but living in Austin, Texas, was simultaneously sponsoring four boys, one from my site, which was the Pomona Fairplex, and three from the emergency intake site in Pecos, Texas. And because I had I knew somebody down in Pecos, I called her up and I said, Hey, I said, Debbie. This is the story our little boy has given us. And this guy's trying to get three of your kids. So this guy's trying to get four kids at one time. So Mm. she's like, okay, we're going to have a conference call. We'll get the case managers. And I said, look, case managers, you have to interview the children separately to see if they're actually telling this story that they were working on the coffee farm. They were promised this money coming here and they have to stay with the sponsor. I said, I don't want them cross-contaminating stories. I need I need firsthand account, right, from each child, from each case manager. And that was a story all the kids told. And one of the case managers, she said, Tara, when you told me that these kids were going to be in debt bondage and couldn't leave, my heart was broken. She said, so I tried to joke around with this little boy who, uh, who you know, I was responsible for. And I said, hey, you know, what happens if you get to the United States and you meet a girl, and maybe you want to get married one day. She said, Tara, that little boy looked at me and said, oh, no, we cannot leave sponsor. So this is what the United States government is in the middle of. We are delivering children from bad people who trafficked them here to the border Then we simply pick them up, we put them on buses or planes, and we send them to bad actors here. And Jody, this is where um, you will appreciate the power of truth tellers in the news. So, you know, can we hold off on that? We'll come back from the break on the truth tellers in the news. We'll, We'll bring that back. Guys, you are listening to America Out Loud 
Talk Radio, uh, the Nurses Out Loud show. And I'm your host, Nurse Jody O'Malley. I implore you, whatever platform you're listening to us on right now, that you like, save, share, review um, our, our podcast or our live show that you're listening to and share it with your friends. This information needs to go forth into the world. Uh, we need to really just have the courage. I mean, geez, it, it, time the time has come to stop choosing fear over faith. And if you have no faith, you know, you have to think that what you are hearing from Tara, who is an HHS whistleblower, and we'll get more into all of the things that she's doing in front of Congress uh, and stuff later, but we need to empower more of these people down at the border to come forward and really make the news media, you know, this should be on every single mainstream news media every single day. Our border needs to shut down and uh, we, we get, we have to stop facilitating this. But if you have any questions or you want to talk to Tara, uh, all of the her information will be in the show notes, but I encourage you all to send us an email, nurses at americaoutloud.com. Let us know what you like listening to, um, what struck a, a chord with you, what you don't like, um, all of it. We want to hear it all. So we'll be right back after the break. It's time and World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. The Wellness Company's chief medical board designed every supplement and medical protocol with your health in mind. From groundbreaking supplements like the Spike Support Formula to unique care like freedom from Big Pharma. Join a healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interest of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be, with a company that shares your values. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free, love it, or your money back, guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code out loud. Well, the out loud truth was the rallying call that started it all. A wide spectrum of programming from world and political news to societal, your health, and cultural stories. 
seven amazing years of news stories, informative podcasts, and great talk radio. America Out Loud Talk Radio, the liberty and justice for all. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. You've heard Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company discuss the harmful effects of spike protein in your body, and now they found the solution. The miracle enzyme natokinase. Their spike support formula contains natokinase, the most compelling and scientifically supported approach to safely clear spike protein out of the body. What's more, spike support is optimized with other all-natural, non-GMO ingredients, like dandelion root, to help prevent spike protein from binding to your cells. Everyone should take daily spike support so you can feel your best. America Out Loud listeners can go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Welcome back to Nurses Out Loud. In our first half, uh, we talked to Tara Rodas, who is an HHS uh, whistleblower on child trafficking. Um, It has been an explosive discussion so far and learning a ton of information. Uh, We left off on the break, Tara. You were going to talk about the truth tellers. Okay. So, Jody, if you can imagine, I'm sitting at the Pomona Fairplex I'm reporting all these instances of suspicious sponsors, suspected trafficking. We're seeing trafficking rings in various places throughout the country that we were connecting. We we saw places in Houston, Texas, where there were like 300 children in a few square miles. And it was at this time in August when I saw another brave truth teller, a whistleblower, from Department of Homeland Security. His name is Aaron Stevenson. And he came forward and said, members of gangs, people on the transnational organized crime watch list, which is called the TOC, the T-O-C, the TOC watch list, were getting the kids. And when we're talking dangerous criminals, MS-13, 18th Street Gang, Russian Balkan crime syndicates. We're talking really bad actors. And he was seeing that these people were sponsoring the children. And when I saw his disclosure and his interview with James O'Keefe, I thought, surely we cannot be putting these vulnerable children into the hands of known criminals. Surely that can't be happening. So I start spreading the word on the site and it was less than two weeks. We found our first case that was gang related. And this individual who was part of MS-13 was simultaneously trying to sponsor two children, one from the Fort Bliss emergency intake site and one from ours. So Aaron Stevenson being bold, caring about the children and coming forward to speak the truth led to me finding the case that is ultimately what they could not allow to get into the press. They Uh. just, HHS did not want, you know, for years there had been talk of trafficking in the program, stories are leaking out here and there, but nobody wanted to see 
that now we have evidence it's MS-13 and 18th Street Gang and Russian Balkan crime syndicates, people we know who sex traffic. So they didn't want that to get out. So they they then, you know, walked me off the site. But because um, I had reported it to so many other different places and because it was gang related, that should jurisdiction for MS-13 is actually Department of Justice. So that's why I reached out to Department of Justice and then, of course, also to HHS, Office of Inspector General, who I had already been reporting a lot of these incidents to. But one person standing up to tell the truth makes a difference. That's Just like right. you, Jody. You yeah. Know, you, yep. Makes a difference. Right. After my story released, um, not too long after that, Melissa McAtee, um, the Pfizer employee, came forward talking about um, what she was seeing going on at Pfizer and and uh, the lipid nanoparticles glowing and the vials glowing. Mm -hmm. So you're exactly right. It takes it takes courage is contagious. It's not yes. as contagious as we would like it to be. <laughs> Let me say yes. that. But but it is contagious and, and it is important. I never knew that connection Tara with you and Aaron. That's, that's really cool. Yes. Yes. And so the great news is, is I then was able to go to James O'Keefe and project Veritas, right? I was able to go tell my story and I was able to say, look, the only reason I'm even connected with you is because I saw this disclosure from Aaron. And so I trusted because I saw with my own eyes that gang members were sponsoring children, I was able to then sit down and talk to them and explain exactly how the scheme was working. And I gave them what I considered to be hotspots, like places where I suspected there was fraud, addresses that it made no sense. We have eight children released to one apartment building. That makes no, um, I mean, to an apartment within an apartment building. So mm -hmm. that makes no sense. I mean, how can you have in certain areas, 50 children released to one apartment building? This is, you know, this just doesn't make sense. So um, when James O'Keefe and his undercover journalists started knocking on the doors, you know, I would encourage people to go back and watch the videos of what the children said, because it's heartbreaking. You know, a 16 year old girl, she shared with the undercover reporters, she said, you know, my sponsor, she tells me she's my aunt, but I have never met this person. And she's pimping me out in the house where I live. These wow. are the children telling their stories. You know, another girl, she said, she said, you know, I came here because I wanted to go to school, but I had to quit school because I have to pay my debt to the cartel. Other children are were telling the same stories because Project Veritas and James O'Keefe did two episodes on this where they talk to the children. And it's, again, these are the children telling their stories. And right now, today, there's a hotline that children are calling. More than 200 children call every month to say, I'm being abused, neglected, or trafficked. HHS has a hotline. And they're calling saying, I need help. So these are the ones that still have their paperwork. They can speak Spanish. Many of the children can't speak Spanish. So they speak a Mayan dialect. They can't ask for help from anyone. So it's just really, it's unconscionable that the United States is in the middle of sending children into terrible situations where they're abused, 
neglected and trafficked. This is unacceptable. Absolutely. I, you know, had I seen this movie a couple months ago, I might've had a different, well, I definitely would have had a different uh, view on it. So I live in an apartment. Um, I've been here for a few years now and um you know, during the summertime, lots of people don't even use the pool. Well, hardly anybody ever uses the pool um, to begin with. So when I started noticing more people at the pool, I was like, oh, well, that's kind of cool. And then my son, Benjamin, um, who's half Puerto Rican, he says, wow, have you noticed there's a lot of um, Spanish speaking people here now? And I said, no, I haven't. And he's like, no, like a ton of people at the pool. He's like, then that's all they're speaking. And I knew, um, you know, the apartment that I live in is is not as expensive as the rest of the area um, because I don't really care about amenities. <laughs> I just need a safe <laughs> place to sleep. Right. And yeah. so so it's normal to have, you know, um, a multicultural community. That's normal for us. Um, so that's not abnormal. But what was it? abnormal was having so many people, um, you know, so many Spanish speaking people. Right. And so I go down to the pool one day and, and there was a ton of kids with just one person. And I was mm -hmm. like, huh, well, that's strange. And well, my immediate thought was, um, that we're using this apartment complex as like harboring for like they had a contract or something with the the state to take in the the illegals that are crossing the border. Um, and mm -hmm. and then I saw my apartment manager and I said, uh, have you noticed that there's, you know, a lot of Spanish speaking only people here now? And she's like, you noticed that, too? And I said, yeah, uh, yes, I have. And she said, well, you know, it's a good thing I'm nosy because because she lives next door to me. <laughs> and uh, she's like, it's a good thing I'm nosy because I started noticing that. And we were getting people that were renting apartments and then bringing in their whole families. And so they're very, very strict here about it. And um, and she had to issue, you know, like three day notices for them to to move um, several of them. And I said, well, I was just wondering if you guys had accepted a, a federal contract to get these apartments filled or something. And she goes, oh, no, 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 no. That'll never happen. Absolutely not. And so now I'm questioning, was yeah. it was it like a sex trafficking, you know? Yeah. Like, well, that's the, yeah, that's the very sad part is uh, and law enforcement says if you suspect anything, it's better to say something you know, be brave and do something than to potentially allow something to pass by. So I would encourage all of your listeners to go watch The Sound of Freedom so they can see how people are taking advantage of these young children. And my husband is from El Salvador. And one of the reasons I believe I was chosen for the mission is because I am a Spanish speaker and both my husband and I, I'm not ashamed to say, and he doesn't mind me saying, we cried a lot of tears over this because I thought, how is it that my country is involved in modern day slavery? Yeah. And that's truly, I mean, that that's a jarring thing. And I know it is a, it's a very charged statement to say, but it's true. And 
the the thing that I told Congress was, I said, we are not offering the children the American dream. I said, what we are doing is we're putting them in modern day slavery with wicked overlords, because today children are working overnight shifts in slaughterhouses. Children as young as middle schoolers are getting chemical burns and they're working around bone crushers. You know, they're they're falling off roofs and dying because they're not qualified to do their job. They are working around heavy equipment and getting crushed because they don't know they're being sold for sex today. Today, children who came through the unaccompanied children program are being sold for sex. This is you know, this is unacceptable that the U.S. has become the middleman in a multi-billion dollar child trafficking operation. And it's it's it seems absolutely unbelievable. But if you watch the movie, you'll see exactly how they do it. Yeah. And as as terrible as it is, a person, nobody thinks that drug trafficking is a conspiracy, right? Everybody thinks child trafficking is a conspiracy, but everybody knows drug trafficking is real. Well, you ha- need to think what's more valuable to a trafficker, drugs or a child. And before deploying for this mission, I, I, I wouldn't have been able to answer that question. But I now know that children are much more valuable than drugs because you can sell a kilo of Coke only one time. But once you have a child, these people view children as commodities and assets, and their goal is to make as much residual income off of each child as they can. So they sell them over and over again, multiple times a day, week after week after week and year after year. And some of these traffickers are are pulling in millions of dollars and we're enabling it. We're yeah. putting children on planes and paying the ticket to send them directly into the hands of wicked people. Yeah, so literally, like guys, yeah, we literally, literally are. we are facilitating this. You yeah. know, I think in the movie it says that the the United States is is like the biggest um uh like purveyor of uh, child trafficking in the world. Yeah. You know, because, because it's like, we're allowing this to happen. Like, and literally it's right under our nose. It's like this administration is just so corrupt. You know, on one hand they're you know, they put it out on mainstream media and, and, you know, because we don't have investigative journalists anymore on the, on the news, we don't have that at all anymore. You know, they're, they're just promoting this like, Oh, we're, we're saving people from, you know, corruption or communism in their other country. And meanwhile, that's what we're bringing them into here. You know, mm-hmm. we, if we don't care, I mean, what what's the programs? What what are the programs to help that child that's that's dealing with the PTSD of what it took to come here over a month, months of you know the however long it takes to get here, months, right? Yeah. And going well, through all of that trauma. Yeah, and you know, Jody, it took me eighteen months to tell the story that I'm going to tell you, um, because I couldn't do it without just just breaking down, but. One of the case managers, she came to me and she said, Tara, I just don't understand how people can be so evil. She said, the little boy who I'm trying to place right now, he's eight years old. He was prostituted the entire journey. He is in diapers now because he cannot control his bowels. She's like, who could do something so wicked to these little children? 
This is what's happening. This is not humanitarian. There is nothing humanitarian about this. And as American citizens, we should be able to say, wait a minute, in the name of the United States of America, with my tax dollars, I will not allow this evil to happen to these children. And again, I I cannot express enough how much I think everyone should see the sound of freedom so they can actually see how this is happening and they can then, you know, get involved, whether that's call their legislator and say, hey, where are the children? There's 85,000 children missing. Where are they? And what is your plan to recover them? Because it's unacceptable. I don't, if, if we knew all the things that they were doing with children right now, we'd probably bomb it. It's, um, yeah. it's really, it's really sad. And they're doing this with children. I mean, children come across the border as toddlers mm-hmm. and yeah. we need to really be aware. So I really so, thank you so much, Jody. for Yeah. Well, do you, hear. absolutely, absolutely. I, I want to be absolutely specific on what people, what action step they should take now. So when we say legislators, I sad, sad enough, I'm sure a lot of people listening to this doesn't don't, don't even know what that means. Like, what does that mean, Tara? What can what should somebody let, let's just give a specific state, let's say Arizona, what mm-hmm. should it, I guess any state doesn't matter. What should they do? Where should they start? Should they go to like, do you have a specific action step? So I would say two things. The first thing is awareness. So we have to know it's happening. And so I would say something that people can do because they can even go to Angel Studios and get a free ticket is go see Sound of Freedom and actually watch how Homeland Security investigations, how an undercover operator infiltrates this trafficking ring and how they were actually luring the children using force, fraud, coercion, um, and how they were trafficking them across the border. So once they, once they are aware, then they can then call people in their, so in Arizona, I would say I would reach out to Carrie Lake, right? And I would reach out to your local representative, whoever that is, whoever is your state senator. And I would say, I want to know what's going on with HHS's unaccompanied children program. I want to know. And then if you wanted to even take a third step, you could then call your congressman and senator here in Washington, D.C., and say, where are the children? I want to know what's happening with the 85,000 missing children. So um, those are three steps that somebody could do. But the most important first step, which is the hardest, I think, because seeing this with my own eyes was a terrible shock. You know, it's looking into the darkness. Um, It's also knowing that we're not helpless because God is with us. And there is a light at the end of the tunnel, we, but we just need to be the voice for these children. They're here. They're in crisis. They're being sold for sex today. They're working horrible labor jobs today. And other unspeakable things are happening to them today. You can be their voice. And one voice can make a difference. The first step is awareness. So I would see Sound of Freedom. Second step is, is you know, call 
tell everyone you know, and then call your local legislators and say, hey, wait a minute, we, America is better than that. We want to welcome these children and give them the American dream. We don't want to put them in modern day slavery. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And and you're right. Uh, the first step is awareness. But the second, I think, is is talking to mm -hmm. other people and activating and, mm -hmm. and and letting everybody know having this conversation like this conversation is not taboo. Um, you're not a conspiracy theorist. Uh, mm -hmm. All of your friends, you know, that may not agree necessarily with your views on COVID. I mean, surely we can all come together, you know, under under this um, uh, premise, right, of saving yes. the children. Uh, it, these are the children we're talking about now. Adults, you know, they they are sex trafficked as well. You know, yes. um, th that that's also an issue. And then, guys, we have to think of like. Who are we raising up? If we have these children that are abused, chances are that they will become abusers when they become yes. parents, because that's just how the evil cycle continues. You know, people, some of them, you know, look at this as love because they think this is how, you know, love is shown. Right. Um, it, it's very twisted in the mind, but I'll tell you that it, it's very true. You know, if we allow children to be abused and, you know, and, and trafficked, you know, chances are that's what we're raising up. And if you think that we have 300,000 children that have crossed this border, you know, and they all have children. I mean, look, you know, you see where I'm going with this, guys, like. This is this is a huge issue. And in, you know, Tara and her courage to come forward or Aaron, let's let's talk about Aaron. You know, I, I would say go to projectveritas.com as well. And you can see Tara's exposure and Aaron's exposure. And you can see exactly what they were blowing the whistle on that never made mainstream media, you know, and and that's just absolutely horrific to me that we even allow that to happen, you know, and, and the borders, you know, while you're at it, ask them why, while you're at it, sending the messages to your representatives, ask them like, why are the borders still open? You know, is there anything that we could do about that? You know, those types of questions. But I agree with Tara that, mm -hmm. um, that we do need to reach out to our legislators. Um, it actually kind of blows my mind that they, haven't taken steps to oh, to make changes on that note. Um, but yet yeah. here we are. So Tara, yeah, thank and you for being here. Well, oh, go ahead. Thank you so much. Well, I was going to say, you know, th that uh, borders save children. And I didn't understand that when I deployed for this mission. You know, my husband's from El Salvador. I am, I welcome everyone. I love the Hispanic people. I've traveled all throughout Central America in Mexico and Guatemala and, and El Salvador. Uh, but borders protect the children because it forces them to come through a port of entry where there are border agents looking. Mm -hmm. They're looking into every car. They're looking to see if a child doesn't look like they belong. And since Americans are the ones who are buying a lot of the children and bringing them across the border, that's how they're able to catch them. And that's how in the sound of freedom, exactly how they caught this guy was because he was an American 
He was involved in a child rape scheme here in California. He was bringing the child that they had intended to do terrible things to across the port of entry from Mexico into California. And they only caught him because he had to come through the port of entry. And they were able to see that the passport he showed did not look like the child. And they were able to catch him. And so borders save lives. And I didn't understand the importance of a border. Um, I mean, not that I would have said I didn't. I think we should have open borders. I wouldn't have thought that. I think everybody should be able to come and come legally. And I didn't understand that borders save lives. So now I think we need to empower law enforcement, give them a strong border, save these children. Yeah. God's children are not for sale. That's a good way to end the show. But that's all the time we have for today, friends. Remember, we are here Monday through Friday, five days a week at 10 a.m. Eastern with a different nurse host daily. Please be sure to tune in and listen to myself and my amazing sister nurses as we walk you through all of these hot topics. We will empower you with the information and education. We will advocate and we will stand in the gap for you because we are nurses and this is what we do. I'm your host, Nurse Jody O'Malley, and you can find me here every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern with an encore at 11 p.m. Eastern. We are five strong nurses, not afraid to gauge in this battle. We want to empower and encourage others to do the same. We are in a war for the truth, and we're putting out a bounty on the real misinformation and exposing the purveyors of propaganda. Join us weekdays with a different nurse host daily. No topic is off limits as we shine our lights and expose the darkness. It's time.